Good morning everyone. The first reading this morning is from John chapter 15 verses 26 to 27. When the counsellor comes whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. The second reading is from John chapter 16 verses 12 to 15. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of Truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Thank you very much, Stephen, for the reading there from John 15 and John 16. Um, this morning, we're going to be talking about uh, the spirit of truth. Al was talking from John 15 last week on the vine and the branches and how we're grafted into the family of God, filled with life, identity, and purpose. And it's from that place that we find hope and life and strength. And so this week, as we move into John 16 in um, what's called the farewell discourse, Jesus is talking to his disciples about what he will soon face, um, but also trying to prepare them for what they will face, the hardship, the confusion, the pain. He talks in a number of different ways about that, but what we see through um, these few chapters is this um, theme that Jesus is building upon, trying to explain to them about the, the person, the role and work of the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit is coming. And in our passage that we had read out to us there, the Spirit is referred to as the Spirit of Truth. So why announce the Spirit in this way to call the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Truth? And um, when it comes to truth, uh, I think that there are truths that have different weights. And um, I remember somebody said to me once, truth is truth. And, and it made me automatically think of burgers. Um, and uh, so, you know, when you pop down to a particular uh, drive-through establishment that recently reopened and you get one of those kind of thin, floppy, very thin meat wafers and two little kind of pieces of bread, that is a burger. But when you go to a, a very nice restaurant and you look through the menu and you order a lovely, fancy, gourmet Angus beef burger with a freshly made Belfast bun, that also is a burger. And so you have your little thin burger, you have your big thick burger, and they're both a burger. It's true that both of them have the same name, but they're not of equal value or equal weight. Um, uh, and so what we need to realize is that just because something is true doesn't mean that it has a, a level of weight and authority to it. Um, but also that when Jesus comes and he speaks his truth and he brings life, that it, it changes things. It even changes the way we view truth. And um, so Jesus did that very often in the Sermon on the Mount, for example. He made a number of statements where he would have said, and I'll give you one example from Matthew 5. Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And so uh, Jesus was quoting the, the law of Moses. He said, it's true that it's an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, there's a greater command. There's another way to understand this. Turn the other cheek. 
react in a different way. There is a different way for you to go. You don't have to choose this way. You can choose that way. And both things are true. But one of them has additional weight. And so the spirit of truth, um, the spirit's purpose is to lead us in more than just information about what's right and what's wrong. Um, we, we have God's word, and God's word gives us information. But what Jesus did when he came, um, so we read this um, a couple of weeks ago, we read this um, in John 14, Jesus announces and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so we see that truth is so much more than information, than knowledge. It comes as a person to us. And so the spirit of truth comes to reveal the heart of the Father, to reveal Jesus. Jesus said that I, he had come to reveal the Father, and then he said, I'm going to send the Spirit who's going to reveal me to you when I'm gone. And, and so we have this amazing uh, picture of how when the Holy Spirit comes in our lives, he's going to reveal the truth of Jesus and Jesus is going to reveal the Father. And so we have this experience of knowing God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's a work of the Spirit to bring a revelation of truth into our lives. But the revelation of truth comes not just as knowledge or information, but in the person, in the personhood of Jesus. And so fundamentally, what I'd love for us to contemplate today is how the Spirit does that, how the Spirit gives us knowledge and takes that knowledge and brings about wisdom and truth in the person of Jesus. Because knowledge in itself is not enough. And one of the, the great travesties that we have in our world is where people take the knowledge in isolation and use it for their own purposes. But when the words of God and the person of God are disconnected, something goes fundamentally wrong. We see this very often, unfortunately, in our own land when people quote verses to back up their arguments, where others outside of the church feel condemned where we sometimes ourselves can feel condemned by someone using scripture verses, using truth for their own purposes. And what makes us maybe in particular feel really uncomfortable about that is we know that those pieces of scripture that maybe are quoted at us or are said in a certain way are true, but they don't seem to, to sit quite right in our spirit. And I think it's the work of the Holy Spirit often to reveal that to us because they're disconnected from the word made flesh. The gospel that we're in is the gospel of John. At the very start of the gospel of John, John says that the word became flesh, that truth took on personhood, was lived out, was understood fully for the first time in the person of Jesus. And so as we as a church have gone about seeking God um, through the word, through worship, and through prayer. We want to bring these things together. It's one of the reasons why we have our rule of life is that we believe that truth is really, really important. The knowledge, the information, but we recognize alongside of that, there's a revelation piece. It's the work of the Spirit to, to help us understand what this truth means and what it looks like to live it out. 
And um, one of the, the clearest examples of, of having truth and having information, but it not being enough, is uh, at the start of Acts. And at the start of Acts, we see that Jesus ascends to heaven. And he says to his disciples, you're not ready to go yet. But they have had three and a half years of Jesus' teaching. They have seen him die. They have seen him raised from the dead. He has spent many, many days teaching them all about the kingdom. And Jesus says, you're not ready to go yet. You, think, you might think you know it all. You might think you have all the information, but you're missing one thing. And until you have that one thing, you can't go anywhere. And that was the person of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. And so when the spirit descends upon the apostles at Pentecost, upon that room of people praying, they're ready instantly because the one thing that they were missing has come, the person of the Holy Spirit. And so what does that look like in our lives? What can we take from that and apply to our lives? In John 8, verse 32, it says, know the truth and the truth will set you free. So John is saying to us uh, through the words of Jesus that to know the truth is to know the person of Jesus. And when we know the person of Jesus, the personality of Jesus, the word made flesh, then we know how to live. We know what to do with the information that we have in the Bible. The truth that God has revealed makes sense to us. We know how to apply it to our lives because we look at the person of Jesus and we go, here's the knowledge, here's the truth, here's the information, here's Jesus, the example of how we take that information and we apply it and we live it out. And in a world and in a time of lots of information, of fake news, of all sorts of voices shouting for our attention, distracting, disturbing, filling our heads with endless information, how are we to go? What information are we to listen to? Where is truth and how do we respond to it? It's so comforting to know that we have the spirit of truth with us and in us. We can so easily get caught up in what uh, words do to us. We can find ourselves stressed and fearful. We can find ourselves responding very often to what we hear in the news and the media, what we hear in conversations. We feel ourselves worried about that. And it's not that the things that we're hearing are necessarily um, untrue. But we need to ask ourselves, is there a greater truth? Is there a superior revelation? Is there something else? And unless we intentionally anchor ourselves somewhere, we will be pulled in all sorts of different directions. And so what I want to say to you this morning is that we have the opportunity to anchor ourselves and our thoughts and our minds on Jesus. So in a way, what we're doing is we're anchoring our thoughts on heaven. We're thinking heaven to earth. So we place our thoughts, first of all, upwards towards God. We anchor ourselves in who he is and what he says and what he does, and then that helps us to look around us at the world around us, at the chaos around us, and figure out the right way to go. We renew our minds in God's truth. At the end of the day, Jesus would say to us, in John 16, verse 33, it says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. So right now, when we're hearing all sorts of worrying things about the economy, about a virus, 
we need to take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. When we feel stressed and anxious about what's going on, for example, in the economy, we can respond to that reality or we can respond to a different reality. Maybe we respond to the reality of being still, to know who God is, to listen to his voice. But we get pulled along so easily by conversations. And one of the things that we do is that we partner with other people in, in, in thinking. I'll give you a really sort of easy example um, of that. You know, when you meet somebody out there, you'll say, oh, it's really stressful, difficult times that we're living in, isn't it? And at the start of that conversation, there's an opportunity. The person that says that to you is looking for you to partner with them in that conversation. The, the response that they're looking for us is, yeah, you know, it's really difficult, you know, really stressful. We don't know what to do or where to go or, you know, what's going to happen next. Uh, and you have a conversation where the two of you build on, on a certain narrative. It's fascinating what happens when, when you don't decide to partner with that, when you maybe choose to have a different conversation. When somebody says, oh, things are really stressful and difficult out there, it's terrible, isn't it? And you go, well, do you know, I feel relatively at peace right now. And I think that we can know God's peace in the current circumstances. And so suddenly the person who wants to have a conversation with you will be built upon an, a certain narrative about how terrible things are. That conversation can't go anywhere. And a new conversation starts. A superior conversation, a superior reality comes into an inferior situation and circumstance. And although things are terrible out there, there is another reality, the reality of heaven, the hope of heaven can be brought into a conversation. Uh, and, and we do this in lots of other ways too. Um, we partner in, in conversations with people. Um, we like to promote ideas uh, of certain things. And we do this even without thinking. And what I want to encourage us to do is to listen to the spirit of truth in these days and in these times. And when we're having conversations, it's not that we shouldn't be concerned. It's not that we shouldn't be worried. But what we need to realize is that, that when we partner with Jesus and our thoughts and our minds partner with the spirit of truth, how we speak and the reality that, that we bring in our own family situations, in business, in community, wherever it is that God has placed us, can be transformational and should be transformational. And so we need to be careful and we need to be wise. Um, on Wednesday night, we sang a song and one of the refrains on it was, on earth as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. And that song's going to be released later today. And that refrain just really struck me that, that to, that's the truth that the world out there needs to hear on earth as it is in heaven. And so in difficult times, in difficult circumstances, we, we look at what's going on outside, but we also look to heaven and we say, well, what does it look like? What, what would it look like for the kingdom of heaven to come on earth? What would it look like? How would that change the way we, we're worried and stressed about this invisible virus? How, how would it change about the way we think about the future, about the economy, about the community, about looking after the most vulnerable? Could it be possible that the spirit of truth within us 
would bring us a revelation from heaven to be part of the solution to some of the problems that we see out there. So rather than partnering in the talking about the misery, we could bring a different narrative, a different story, a different reality, a superior reality into an inferior circumstance. One of my favorite songs says that when Jesus walks into the room, everything changes. Everything changes. And when information about Jesus or information from the Bible is spoken out, it doesn't always change things unless it has a context. And the context is always Jesus. When the person of Jesus comes, everything changes. Uh, So when Jesus first started his earthly ministry and he went to the synagogues and he taught people, they said, what is this? This guy, you know, his teachings are amazing, but he speaks with authority. And in some sort of ways, what they were saying is, what he's saying, we've heard before, but the way that he's saying it and who he is is different. It's completely transformed and changed. We've heard all this stuff before from all our other teachers, but what is it about Jesus that's different? Jesus, full of grace and truth. Our world outside of us needs to hear truth, but it needs God's grace as well. And that's how Jesus comes to us. And N.T. Wright, writing about the start of John that describes Jesus as the word made flesh, says this. Part of the whole point of John's gospel is that when the word made flesh accomplishes his work of glory, love, and passion, he pours out his own spirit on his followers so that they too can become, words become flesh. What needs to happen in us if we're going to see our families changed, our own lives changed, our communities changed, is that we need to become words, become flesh that the information, the knowledge, the wonderful scriptures that we have, the truth goes from just in here to in here as well. And how it's lived out looks increasingly like Jesus. What we owe the world is an encounter, an encounter with the living God. What the world needs right now is not more information, it's an encounter with the living God. And he's chosen, whether we like it or not, he's chosen us chosen us to be that encounter, to speak those words, but to speak those words of truth with love and compassion. My heart, and I suppose my, my struggle too, is that God has called me to speak his words with his voice in his way, that in some way the words that I speak would bring truth, but also who I am would carry Jesus and, and that terrifies me in so many different ways. How can I possibly do that? But thankfully, we have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth in us to help us with that. And right now, the world needs Jesus. It needs Jesus. It needs the church to stand up and to step out in these moments to bring the solutions of heaven into uh, all the complex problems that we have around us in our education system, in healthcare, in business, out in the community. The world needs an encounter with Jesus. 
at times what the world gets is Christians telling them what they're doing wrong, Christians saying no to certain things. And sometimes we need to do that. But what I, I don't want to be known for what we're against. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't want to be known for that. I want to be known for what our yes is. What is our yes and how can we articulate our yes to this world? Because I believe that fundamentally it should be compelling that the yes that we give is far superior. We don't want the world to go in a certain direction. We don't want certain things to happen in our society and that's very true. But what is it that we do want? And how do we articulate our yes? How do we carry the presence of God and speak a better word? What we must realize as well is that Satan is always at work. The spirit is the spirit of truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And Satan is the father of lies. He is the great deceiver. And so that's why we need to speak the truth in love with the personhood and the personality of Jesus coming out through us so that authenticity is seen for what it is. When... Um, somebody is learning to figure out what counterfeit money looks like and feels like. They're given lots of real money and they get used to it and they feel it and they run it through their hands again and again and again. So when they have experienced the authentic and the real and the counterfeit comes along, they recognize it straight away. And so it's very important that we help the world to see the real and the true Jesus, that we don't allow Satan to come and counterfeit because he will try to counterfeit things that look quite good, that look quite appealing, that look like people should invest their time, their energy, their money, their life into. He seeks to deceive and to misdirect. And so that's why we need authenticity. We need Jesus in and through us. We need to figure out how we allow Jesus to shine his light and his life through us. If we're going to rewrite the story of this city, of Ireland and the nations, it won't happen by us telling people what they're doing wrong. That's not going to work. We've got to humbly, consistently, graciously model out a different life. We owe the world an encounter with Jesus. In the middle of the darkness that's all around us and the chaos and the confusion that is everywhere, it's time for the little Christs, the, the Christians, that's what our name means, little Christ. It's time for you to mobilize. It's time for you to step up and step out. It's time for you to take your place. It's time for you to speak truth, to expose the lies of the enemy, but to do that embodying Jesus. I've just been struck again this week by the words uh, of a song by, by Jeremy Riddle. And it speaks of the transformation that we need to have inside of us to be able to do this. And it says, Awaken my soul, come awake, to hunger, to seek, to thirst. Awaken first love, come awake, and do as you did at first. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Come and wake me from my sleep. 
blow through the caverns of my soul and pour in me to overflow. Come and fill this place. Let your glory now invade. Spirit, come. Let your glory now invade. So my prayer for you as we're finishing. Maybe you're in your living room right now. I would encourage you, if you want to receive more of the Spirit, if you want the revelation of His truth, if you know that right now you need an encounter with the living God, maybe to stand. You might feel a little bit awkward standing in your living room. Put out your hands and ask the Spirit of the living God to fill you, to change you, to transform you. Spirit of truth, come and bring truth into our minds. Come and set us free from the lies of the enemy. Jesus, will you come and change and transform me so that what I give the world, what the people around me experience is not me, not even me on my best day, but Jesus himself. Let's pray. And just where you're at, open your hearts, open your minds, put your hands out to receive from God. And he'll meet you this morning, right where you are right now, in your living room, or if you're watching this later, God doesn't worry about, about time. He can speak to you right now. So let's just receive the Spirit. Holy Spirit, will you come? Fall upon us this morning. Let your light shine. Let your love come. Spirit of truth, just expose the lies of the enemy. Reveal where we have partnered with lies, where we have partnered with the narrative of this world, where we have been pulled along by things that are not you. Holy Spirit, come and expose the counterfeit stories in our life, the ways that the enemy would distract us. And I just pray for supernatural wisdom right now, for us to, to speak a different word, a better word, that when we're in conversations where the narrative is going in a certain direction, that we will see it, that we will stop, and we will change the story, change the narrative, change the voice, and speak truth with love to bring hope and life and transformation in Jesus' name. I hope that you feel inspired and encouraged. I think we have an amazing opportunity right now, particularly as lockdown is rolling back, that we can step out into the world around us and we will more and more start to engage with different conversations with people, um, that we can speak truth and light and love. Um, and just, we can just ask, just invite the Holy Spirit in the moments that we find ourselves, particularly when we don't know what to say, which is very often, Holy Spirit, come and give me the words. But more than the words, give me the heart and the compassion to communicate Jesus to the people around me. And do you know what? Jesus is enough. He is enough. Sometimes we think we have to be wise and articulate, but what people need is Jesus. And Jesus wants to use you to bring his kingdom, rule and reign, wherever he has placed you. Thank you for joining us this morning. If you would like prayer ministry, for any reason, you can ring our help lying straight after the service. We'd love to pray with you. If you want to get in touch by email, please do that. Send an email to portadown at emmanuel-church.co.uk if you want to just dialogue some stuff, um, some response to what's been said today. We'd love to be able to do that too. Thank you and good morning.